Bellinger stands alone in the gun. And the snap. Throws right side. Making the catch with Welcome to Cut the BS, covering all sports, all Wisconsin, all the time. Presented by Game On Wisconsin. Booker the drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul, and a pinnacle ball throws it down. It's gone, he swings, and launches, puts his way back. Here's your host, Brandon Snyder. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Good morning. Good day. Good night. Wherever you may be listening, welcome to another episode of Cut the BS, covering all sports, all Wisconsin, literally all the time. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Cut the underscore BS. You can follow me on Twitter. I am your host, Brandon. Of course, there is no BS without me. Brandon Snide, initials, BS, cut the BS. Brandon Snide, okay, we got it now. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Snide. And then you can also follow uh, Game On Wisconsin, where this podcast is presented by uh, just a tremendous group of people over there at Game On WI. You can follow them on Twitter, on Facebook, over on YouTube, they have live shows every week, uh, usually around 7 p.m. Central. So make sure you follow them on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit that thumbs up. Hit that like button and, and and check them all out. It's all great stuff. It's mostly Packer stuff, which is great because there's always something in Green Bay to talk about. But this show's a little bit different. If you followed me uh, before, you probably know if this is your first time listening. Real quick, before I do get into this show, I do... I. I looked up the numbers from the last podcast and this is my, that was my first recorded podcast that I've done. Um, I usually used to, I used to do live shows. And if you follow me along, you know, my job changed, my career changed. I now work for um, 620 WTMJ doing the producing stuff for, for the bucks and brewers and, and WTMJ night. So my, my schedules now I work at night. So um, I'm doing recorded shows and I've actually had more people tune into my recorded podcast than my live podcast. Um, so if you've listened to this show, uh, if this is your first time, maybe it's your second, maybe it's your third or fourth or fifth, whatever. Thank you. Like, seriously, thank you. Like, this has been a dream of mine. Um, you know, uh, as little kid, I've always been into sports and I've always liked sports. I've debated sports. Um, it's a passion of mine. So I, I appreciate you guys. If it is your first time, thank you. Um, you guys, uh, without you guys, there's no, there's no podcast. I wouldn't do it. Um, so I appreciate, uh, all the support, all the loyalty, all the, the, the listenership, um, and whatnot. And, and this is what we do, man. We cut the BS. We talk about Wisconsin sports, the Badgers, baby beating Purdue, getting at least a co-share uh, co of the 
Big Ten Championship, uh, regular season Big Ten Championship. Shout out to the Badgers. Shout out to Madison. It was a, a great environment there uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe the biggest win of the year. We'll talk about that uh, on today's show, on today's episode, uh, this week's episode, I should say. I'm still trying to get used to not being live and, and talking to you guys like I'm live. So apologize if I'm confusing any of you guys. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about the Bucks win. Uh, was it the biggest of the year? We'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball, uh, the lockout. I'm not your Major League ex- Baseball expert. I love the Brewers. I love them. They're probably outside of the Packers, you know, one of my true loves. When I was growing up, the Bucks were awful. Um, the Brewers weren't great either, but uh, baseball was, you know, cheap and affordable to go to. So I went to a lot of Brewer games growing up. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball and their lockout. There's obviously no deal that was reached on Monday. What does that mean for the future of baseball? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, and then apparently today, I'm recording on Thursday afternoon, or Thursday mid-morning, I guess. Um, there's a meeting, an informal meeting today with uh, Dan Halem and, and Bruce Meyer, uh, both from uh, Dan's from the MLB side and Bruce is from the player side. So they're doing an informal meeting. Can they salvage this? Can they get back to playing? We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and guys, there's really not much Packer news, which is good and bad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on what side of the fence you're on, but there's not really a whole lot of Packer stuff to talk to. So we're not going to really dive into that. Um, again, show is presented by game on Wisconsin, uh, follow all them on Twitter at game on WI, follow them on Facebook. You can follow the, the Facebook page at game on Wisconsin. You can follow me on Twitter. I know I mentioned it opening up the show, but please go ahead and and throw me a follow. I will surely follow you guys all back at Brandon underscore Snide. And again, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cut the BS. The Milwaukee Bucks, a great week this so far. 2-0 this year, or not this year, uh, 2-0 so far this month. It, it, look, this is a pivotal month for the Milwaukee Bucks. You look at their schedule, coming out of the All-Star break, it was daunting. I mean, you had... Uh, the Nets, like right out of the shoot, you know, obviously it was a close game. You lost uh, 126, 123. Then the Charlotte Hornets, for whatever reason, that team just continues to give the Bucks fits. But on Monday, it was a completely different story. The Bucks dominated 130, 106. And then last night, again, I'm recording on Thursday. So this would have been Wednesday evening, the Milwaukee Bucks with a, I don't know how comeback win over the Miami Heat. Um, and, and the question that I'm, you know, throwing out there to you, if you're listening to myself, since I'm talking, was that the best win of the year? Was that the signature win for our Milwaukee Bucks? Kind of a team that's kind of been up and down all year, uh, back and forth all year, um, 38 and 25 right now. Uh, they won their last two. I just talked about it. They beat Charlotte. They beat Miami. It was a big win last night against uh, Wednesday night against the Miami Heat. There was no Kyle Lowry, but again, if you're a Bucks fan, you're you're probably like me, and you're like, I don't care because we don't have Brooke Lopez, we don't have Pat Connaughton, we don't have George Hill. Uh, so not every team uh, is healthy, you know, and, and and every team is dealing with something. Um, so it's a it was a big win last night. It was a, a, a thrilling win. I was actually producing my first show. Uh, while that game was going on and I was sitting there listening and, and I had the TV on, I was listening to the radio call and it's kind of weird because obviously maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but like the radio is probably five ish seconds ahead of uh, the TV call. So I knew obviously listening to it in real time at the radio station, I knew 
that Drew Holiday hit the game winner, and then it was cool to look up at the TV and then watch it happen. You know, a couple seconds later, and and the Pfizer, the energy last night uh, was palpable. It was it was awesome to hear, especially it came across uh, the broadcast really well um, last night. It was a lively crowd. So again, it's the Miami Heat. It's it should be probably sold out. I know Brandon Jennings. It was a tough crowd. Hat giveaway last night for the Milwaukee Bucks at the Pfizer Forum. Uh, and it was a much needed win, man. Let's like, let, let's be honest. If the Bucks don't win last night, I mean, you're looking at right now, they're three games from the one seed. They're currently in the four seed. Uh, they're three games out of the number one seed. Miami is currently in that number one slot. Uh, second place is Chicago and third place is Philly. But if the Bucks don't win last night, I mean, you're talking about a five game difference. And that probably drops the Bucks to the six seed last night. I mean, that's what a win or a loss does. From here on out, there's only 19 games left. I mean, 19 or no, there's 19 games left. That All Star break, it, it's different, obviously, than it was last year. Remember last year, the Bucks didn't. The season didn't start until December uh, because of the COVID bubble. They didn't start until December, so you know the All Star break was really the midpoint of the season. But now it's trying to get used to it again, and it's the All Star break, and then you have March, and that's your final full month of the season. The Bucks uh, have a really tough. Uh, stretch of games here in March, but I think they have some wins that could, they could potentially propel them into, uh, you know, that top three seeds. And I think last night, and I'm asked the, asked the question was last night's win the biggest of the year. And there could be, you know, multiple reasons why it was or why it wasn't Had a couple people on Twitter. I proposed the question uh, on my Twitter feed uh, because I wanted to get some people's thoughts uh, you know, and I, and I, again, follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore sky. So was last night's win, the best win of the Bucks season thus far, uh, my boy, LaCroix Butler. Yes. They beat a good heat team and didn't give up much down the stretch. Like teams sometimes tend to do Bobby tipping in those late buckets, late Pat's energy on the sideline, Chris hitting clutch shots and Giannis doing his thing made me confident. This team can win another title. And I agree. Look, that wasn't the best game from Chris Middleton. That was a great first half from Chris Middleton. 21 points in the first half. Kind of kept them afloat for a, a team that was kind of going back and forth throughout the first half. The Bucks had a strong first quarter and then kind of tended to go off a little bit in that second. And they had a little bit of woes in that third quarter. Um, but it was it was a good win. And these are the kind of wins where you look back, you know, if you're a Bucks fan, if you're a basketball fan, a sports fan really in general, it's usually like one win in the regular season where you look at that win and you're like, okay, that was the win that got us going. That was the one where look, the bucks like Marcus Johnson says on TV, they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And that's literally what they did last night. The bucks finished that game on a 21 to six run guys, 21 to six run against a really good defensive Miami heat team. Bam out of bio PJ Tucker. Uh, you know, you know, these guys, I mean, you know, um, uh, Dwayne Dedman. I mean, they're they're not the most you know gifted defensive team, but they play the Bucks defensively tough. Um, and but these are the kind of wins that you know you if the Bucks lost that game last night, they I don't think anybody's necessarily surprised. You know, you're down 14 points with six minutes to go in that game. You probably I I know I was at the station last night. And I'm like, well, I turned over to the guy sitting next to me. I go, that's that's probably it. Like, you know, Chris Middleton was awful in the second half. He had a really big uh, like LaCroix said, a really big clutch shot uh, to really bring them back into that game. They were down four. Chris hits that shot with 13 seconds left, and the Bucks get the jump ball. 
um, you know, and then Drew Holiday goes down. So without Chris Middleton hitting that three, there is probably no victory last night. That was the start of the uh, the finish to the the inevitable comeback for the Milwaukee Bucks. But wins like this, man, it helps. And now you go to Chicago on Friday. Um, I'm starting to hate Bulls and their fans. Uh, I didn't care for them for the last 10 years because they were irrelevant, but now they're just becoming annoying. Um, there's going to be probably some type of tussle and maybe some trash talking. Alex Caruso's, you know, Grayson Allen's back. Grayson Allen's healthy. He's probably going to play. I'm sure that's going to be a storyline heading into Friday evening when the Bucks and Bulls tip off at 6:30. Um, that's a winnable game, though. Right? The Bulls are kind of coming down a little bit. I don't think they're the same team uh, that they have been previously in the beginning of the year where they were winning almost every game. They were started off the season really well, um, but the Bulls haven't really beat good teams yet. They're two and 13 with teams with a 60% or more win percentage, two wins against pretty much winning teams. I mean, that's not, that's not impressive. Um, so the Bulls are a little bit of an unproven team. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks coming off of this win against Miami, do they have a letdown Friday? You know, because that was a game where if you're, you know, you're, we're all human. Like you were supposed to lose that game. You probably should have lost that game and then you win it. And now you go to Chicago and you're like, all right, this one's not as important. Cause if you lose Miami, you would anticipate that going to Chicago is going to be an absolute must win. Um, but now you won against Miami. Now, now, you know, mentally, what does, this team going forward. Now this is a championship, you know, team. They obviously Giannis wants to win every game, you know, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, uh, you know, these are champions on this roster. You know, they're going to go to Chicago, not fully healthy, uh, but either Chicago, I don't think you're going to see Lonzo ball. And I don't think you're going to see maybe Alex Caruso. I I don't know where he's at in his recovery from his, from his wrist injury, but nonetheless um, it's an important game, especially for the standings. You, you win that game you pull yourself right where Chicago is uh, in the standings. And you, you know, you bring yourself a half game to that number two seed. So it's a big game. I think every game from here on out for the Milwaukee bucks is going to be a big game. You look at their schedule. They have Phoenix. Phoenix is another winnable game guys. Like maybe not as of yesterday, it didn't seem like it, but they don't have Chris Paul. And now Devin Booker heads the health and uh, safety protocols for COVID. So I anticipate he won't play on Sunday, given that it's Thursday, uh, the news came out, I think, last night, so I don't know if he'll clear in enough time. But then you have Thunder, and then you have Atlanta. Those are four winnable games, in my opinion. Chicago, Phoenix, without Devin Booker, without Chris Paul, at Oklahoma City, that should be a win. Uh, nothing's guaranteed in the NBA. Nothing's easy, but I think it should still be a win. And then you come at home against Atlanta, and that's a winnable game at home. Atlanta's not the same team that they were last year. Um, but then it gets a little bit more tougher. Then you go out to a little bit of a West Coast trip. You're at uh, Golden State. You're at Utah. You're at Sacramento, and you're at uh, Minnesota, um, which isn't really a West Coast trip, but you're you're getting closer to home. And then you're back on March 22nd against Chicago Bulls. So over the stretch of these, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like nine games. I think six are winnable, and probably should be one. Which, if you go six and three over these next stretch, I mean that's that's pretty good, <laughs> especially with uh, the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. The Bucks are thirteen games over five hundred, but a game like that last night, biggest win of the year, you know, confidence level with Drew Holiday having guys like 
uh, you know, Chris Middleton hit a big time shot. I know he didn't have a big second half and Chris Middleton, nobody gets more slander on the Twittersphere, the social media world than, than Chris Middleton. So uh, it was a big win last night. I did not think it was going to happen, um, but they do beat uh, Charlotte on Monday. They do beat Miami Heat on Wednesday. Uh, my uh, Charlotte was a blowout. It was, it was much needed, I think, mentally for the Milwaukee Bucks. Going into the All-Star break, they lost a close one against Philly, uh, came down to the last seconds. They lost a close one against Brooklyn, came down to the last seconds. And then I think that Charlotte one was the Bucks exercising some of their frustrations and absolutely – Molly Wap them uh, 130-106. And then last night against Miami on Wednesday night, uh, just a really big win. Mentally, I think that was a huge, huge win. And I know Miami didn't have Kyle Lowry. Would the game be a little bit different? I don't know. Is, is Strauss, is Gabe Vincent, are they hitting? <laughs> I mean, their bench was plus 50 last night. I mean, I, I don't know if that's an anomaly. I would anticipate it. It probably will be. Um, I don't think Kyle Lowry is coming in and, and, uh, you know, having a plus 50 game against Drew Holiday. I could be wrong, could be wrong, but I just don't think, uh, and I'm not saying Miami's better off without Kyle Lowry, but Miami's bench and their role players played maybe one of their best games all of all year. I mean, they were just, they were absolutely insane last night. You look at Miami, you had Gabe Vincent at 21 points, 21. He outscored Duncan Robinson. He outscored Bam out of Ohio. He had a really good game stepping in there for Kyle Lowry and credit to him. He had a really, really good game, 21 points in 32 minutes. And then Max Strauss, you know, he didn't have uh, necessarily like eye popping stats, but eight points in 22 minutes off the bench. That's productive. Caleb Martin was another one who was annoying as hell last night. If you were watching the game, cause he was hitting contested shot after contested shot in 20 minutes, he had 12 points and seven rebounds with three assists. That's really good off the bench. Um, and again, the Bucks not getting a whole lot off their bench. Wesley Matthews struggled last night, five points. Grayson Allen, I know he doesn't come off the bench, but he still struggled last night, nine points. They had seven rebounds in 24 minutes, so that's that was encouraging. Uh, Serge kind of doing what we figured he would do, 4.6 rebounds in 19 minutes. I'll take that out of Serge Ibaka, especially if that's your secondary option when Brooke comes back. I think the Bucks will be sitting uh, pretty good. DeAndre Bembry still trying to get a little bit used to this uh, you know, this offense, he was in there in key moments late last night, which was interesting. Uh, no points, no assists, but he did have three rebounds in only 11 minutes. Jordan Wara continues to annoy the hell out of me. Uh, he only played five minutes last night, only five points. I just, uh, that's a whole nother story with Jordan Wara, but he kind of gets under my skin sometimes when I watch him and all he does is get the ball and comes in and shoots and, you know, doesn't hit a whole lot. Uh, J- uh, Javon Carter again last night, tough defensively, gave Tyler Hero everything he could handle last night. Tyler Hero had a great game last night, which again annoyed the hell out of me watching that game last night. But that's who Tyler Hero is, man. He's he's a Bucks guy. He comes to Milwaukee. This is a home crowd for Tyler Hero. He's going to put on a show. He's going to shoot the lights out of the out of the gym, and that's exactly what he did last night. He was leading scorer. Uh, for the Miami Heat with 30 points in, in 35 minutes. Giannis on the other side for the Bucks, 28 points, 17 rebounds in 34 minutes. I sent this out, this tweet out this morning at Brandon underscore Snide over on Twitter. We have to start normalizing. Like it's got to be normal talk now. It needs to be. Giannis is the best player in the NBA, and I'm not sure it's relatively close. And I get it. Everybody wants to talk about Joel Embiid is this. You know, Nikola Jokic is this. Okay. Damian Lillard, when he's healthy, is this. Steph Curry is this. LeBron is LeBron. I get all that. Giannis does this every night, guys. Every night. And if you're a Bucks fan, I don't need to tell you guys this. Uh, some you know stuff that you already know. 
Uh, if you've wandered over to this podcast for whatever reason and you're not a Wisconsin sports fan, please start normalizing Giannis as the best player in the NBA. He's averaging 29.3 points in 11. Let me see where his rebound is. He, uh, let's see, 11. I should have had this prepared, but I am unprepared. Uh, he's averaging almost 12 rebounds a game along with 29.3 points per game. And he's not playing a whole lot of minutes. He's averaging 32 minutes. I mean, that's, that's not normal, guys. Like, offensively and defensively, he's on a different stratosphere. And I think it's time we have to start normalizing him as the best player in the NBA. And he's got two MVPs. He's got a finals MVP. He's got, obviously, a championship. And I know Joel Embiid's a fun story because him and Harden are now best friends, apparently. And I know Jokic is great because he has cool passes. But the things that Giannis is doing in one of the smallest markets in the NBA, obviously winning the championship was one of the biggest. Uh, but continuing, everybody knows what Giannis's game is. They, ain't respect, they don't respect his shot. He's shooting 30% from the three-point range. Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, i talking about this with a couple of friends, shooting 19% from three this year. So he's out shooting Jimmy Butler, but it doesn't get discussed or, or talked about because it's just not something that people want to admit or, or acknowledge that that's who – Giannis is he's shooting 60% from from the field I mean that's that's ridiculous I mean that's it's 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 extremely good and his free throw percentage is at 73% for you know comparison you know Chris Middleton's at 80 I think 88 so he's you know not far from you know the Bucks best free throw shooter which is just crazy compared to where we were a year ago with this guy you know so it's it's time we start normalizing where Giannis is, and, and that's the other thing. He's not, I don't even think he's in his prime yet, guys. Maybe he's just entering, but he's definitely just getting there. He just won his first MVP a couple of years ago. Like, he's just starting to scratch the surface. Three MVPs in the last two years. Um, but anyway, Giannis with 28 and 17 last night, just a really good game. I think this is the victory that we're going to look back as Bucks fans. If the Bucks go on and win a championship, if they're able – to make another run to the finals. If they're able to, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't, but whatever. But if they do get there, I think this is a game where we're going to look at, look back at it and be like, remember that Miami game where the Bucks were down 14, there was six minutes left and um, it didn't look really well. And boom, Drew Holiday hit a game winner uh, off a jump ball from Bobby Porter. Uh, Giannis won the jump ball. Bobby Portis had the outlet. And Drew Holiday took it from coast to coast. And, and just to finish, another guy who just is completely underrated in today's game is Drew Holiday. Just a, a, a awesome 25-11 and 11 last night for Drew Holiday. He played 38 minutes. Uh, Drew playing the most last night at 38. Chris Middleton with 36 minutes. He had 26 points. And I, like I mentioned before, he didn't have a very good second half. But he still finished with 26. I mean, your big three, 28, 26, and 25. I will take that 10 out of 10 times. Um, but again, I think that win, I think this week really, we're, well, I shouldn't say this week because we have uh, tonight, you know, if you're listening to this show on Friday, the Bucs are, are playing the Bulls. If the Bucs are able to beat Chicago, if, right, I understand that's a, a could be a big if, depending on what Bulls team shows out. This week, mark it down on your calendars, mark it down on wherever, tweet me at Brandon underscore Snide, whatever you want to do. This will be the biggest week of the season for the Bucks. Now, obviously it's going to be positive because they're going to, they'll have one, three tough games, uh, especially with the you know gauntlet of a schedule, but this will be the biggest week when we look back at this, especially if the Bucks go deep in the playoffs, beating Charlotte. And I know these games are at home outside of Chicago, 
Charlotte always plays the Bucks tough. Miami always plays the Bucks tough. They split the season series with Miami. That was a game that the Bucks probably should have lost. The, the win percentage, the win probability, according to ESPN last night, was over 99%. So it gives you a little bit of an idea of how really good that win was for the Milwaukee Bucks. So they won that game. And then if you go into Chicago and you're able to win, that's three teams in the Eastern Conference, two of which are in the top two seeds in the current standings with just under 20 games to play. Those are monster victories. Those are monster momentum builders. You eventually are going to get Brooke Lopez back. You are eventually going to get Pat Connaughton back. I would anticipate you're probably going to get George Hill back. I, I still weirded out by what's going on with his neck, soreness, whatever it is. Huge games. I think it's the biggest win of the season thus far. I think we'll see what that win does for this Milwaukee Bucks team mentally going into Chicago. Because, again, going to Chicago is going to present problems differently than it has in the past. The Bucs have beat Chicago for, like, the last three years. Chicago's good. Yeah, they play better at the United Center. Um, there's there's some animosity with these two teams now. You know, Milwaukee, Chicago, rivalry cities in baseball, you know, rivalry states in football, Packers, Bears. Um, I think you're seeing somewhat of a rivalry being built here, uh, hopefully with the Bulls and the Bucks. And obviously, Drew, or uh, excuse me, uh, Grayson Allen going back to Chicago is going to be the one thing you're going to want to pay attention to. But if the Bucks are able to pull out that victory, they beat Chicago earlier in the year. Uh, it was a close game at the Pfizer. If they're able to go into the, the United Center and beat Chicago, and in one week, beat the Hornets, beat Miami and Chicago, jump up a handful of games in the standings, you know, with tough games coming up, you know, that's big. Mentally for this Bucks team, that's big. And again, we're going to see what that win against Miami was or was not. And I do think there's no inside knowledge or source or whatever. I do think you're going to see Brooke Lopez back. And that, no pun intended because his back hurts. So he has a back injury. But I really mean, I think you're going to see Brooke Lopez back. And I really do think you're going to see Pat Connaughton back before this month ends. That's just my guess. That's just no inside knowledge. That's just literally that's my guess. And I, and I hope I'm right. Um, I would love to see uh, Brooke Lopez back, especially for like the last 10 or so games with this team. Can he get you know into some type of playing shape? Can he get some uh, cohesiveness? I know he won a championship with a bunch of these guys, but this is a different team. Every year is a little bit different. I think he needs to come back for a couple of games, especially since the dude, he, he hasn't played since literally game one. So again, huge week for the Milwaukee Bucks so far. Can they finish it out against the Chicago Bulls? That's going to be the, the big question mark. If they're able to put their stamp on Chicago and win, that is a damn good week. If you're a Bucks fan and you will take that every single day, uh, of the week, and and it's going to be something that is going to, you know, propel them into uh, potentially a a deep playoff team. Like, look, this is when the tr the switch gets turned down. You hear about switches. This is the time of year. Nineteen games left. Uh, you're three games back from the one seed. I don't necessarily think you need the one seed. I think having the top three seeds is probably more important than having the one seed. But again. Getting there, you got to win big games. Every game from here on out is going to feel like a playoff game, especially when you have Golden State, Chicago. Uh, who else do you have on your schedule? You know, you have a, a bunch of games where, you know, this the, the this 18-ish, 19 games are going to feel like playoff games. You got Utah. You got Chicago. You got Memphis again. You got Brooklyn again. You got 
76ers at, uh, at Philly. You know, I mean, these are playoff games. You got Chicago again at the end of the year. Uh, you, know, you got Cleveland still. These are playoff games, guys. These are playoff games. They're going to feel like playoff games. I know last night, uh, again, on Wednesday against the Miami Heat, that felt like a playoff game. I was as nervous. I'm always nervous. Usually if they're close games, it doesn't really matter what time of the year. But it was more because it was Miami. It was P.J. Tucker. It was Tyler Hero. I hate Miami. I dislike their fan base. I wanted that win last night. I really didn't think they were, when they went down 14, I didn't think it was possible. They proved me wrong. The Bucs get the win. A big week uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Can they finish it off against the freaking Bulls, man? Like, beat Chicago. I'm, their fans have talked too much this year. One winning season in the last decade. I need Chicago to be shut up. I need the Bucs to go into the UC and just dominate the Chicago Bulls. And speaking of dominating and beating, we're going to transition to something that failed all of us. We all lost. Major League Baseball is in a lockout currently. Uh, they did not strike a deal Monday. Uh, if you're looking for top knowledge of this lockout, I'm not your guy, but I'm a diehard Brewers fan, a diehard baseball fan. Um, I just don't necessarily pay attention to the numbers and the money and what they're arguing about. Um, but I did follow uh, Jesse Rogers over on Twitter over ESPN. He had a really good uh, thread that kind of broke into what things were going. Now, again, if you listen to the opening of the show, uh, they are having an informal meeting tonight. Major League Baseball and the players, representatives from both sides are having an informal meeting. Will that trigger talks to start up again? Interesting. We'll pay attention to that. We'll monitor that. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see two weeks or excuse me, two the first two series of the of the regular season already have been canceled by Ram, Rob Manfred, uh, Major League Baseball commissioner, who everybody I think can agree on, uh, and he's united around that we don't like him and we want him fired. But again, no deal. Future of baseball, guys, good or bad. Now I say good, and you're like, well, it can't be good. Obviously, there's there's no baseball, and it's a sport, in my opinion, that is already dying. Millions of fans are leaving the the game of baseball. I have. Uh, if you guys know me or maybe you uh, pay attention to a little bit of my personal side of life, I have children and not one of them plays baseball. And I'm not the type of dad that wants to force them to play baseball. I'm not going to force them to play any sport. I'm not going to force them to not play any sport, you know, anything like that. I want them to make their own choices. I have brought it up to them. I have taken them to American Family Field. They know the Brewers. They're on TV every day in the summer, in the in the spring, in the fall. Uh, they know the game of baseball. They just don't want to play it. And I think based off of raising children and really not being that older myself, uh, it's a sport that's dying. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Let's be honest with these, with ourselves. If you're a baseball freak, a baseball nut, uh, you're probably a little bit irritated with maybe that statement that the sport is dying, but I think it is guys. Like I think the sport is dying. I think this is Obviously, one of those nails, not the final nail, but it's a nail in the coffin. Like, you're getting there. You're building it up. You're getting the sides put on that coffin. The top is coming on next, especially if there's a complete lockout this year and you lose a whole year of baseball. And I understand COVID ruined baseball for 2020, but you're looking at your second year in the span of three years to not have a full season. 2019 was the last full season. 20. 19, which literally feels like 10 years ago. And it was not that long ago. But the way the world has been turning, the news, obviously, pandemic and conflicts and whatnot, feels like 2019 was 10 years ago. 
but it wasn't. But that was the last time there was a full season in baseball. That's worrisome for a sport that is literally dying, and I love it. And a lot of you that maybe listen to this show, maybe a lot of you personally, maybe you know people, baseball was really all our true loves. Like, we grew up, it was the first sport. You obviously can't play tackle football at three or four. I mean, I guess you could, but it's probably not recommended. Maybe back then it was a little bit more than it is now. But I know for my son, he didn't start playing tackle football until he was like seven. So again, but you played t-ball. We picked out the plastic bat with the wiffle ball. He would throw it in the house. It was one of those games where you could play with a kid in the house and it was okay. Sometimes if you're like me, then you get too crazy with it and stuff gets broken. But nonetheless, that was most people's, if you like sports, that's usually what your first sport was. That was not my first sport for my kids. My kids were not ever have never been into baseball. They go to brewer games. It's fun. They can do stuff. There's playgrounds. They love nachos. They love the ice cream. They like the playground outside of American Family Field. They like the environment. They like they think it's so cool to tailgate and cook out. But they don't talk about the game. They don't talk about you know what it's like to have runners on first and third, two outs, and Christian Yelich hits a liner up the middle. They don't. They don't, that doesn't interest them. And again, my son's 13, my daughter's going to be 10. Um, and then my youngest is, is uh, seven, but they're just, they're not necessarily, my son's going to be seven. Good God. I don't even know my kid's age, but he's going to be seven. Um, but they don't even ask to play it. They don't care uh, if it's on TV. They don't really necessarily care going to games. I think my 13 year old, uh, he went last year. And it was nice because it was after, obviously, outside of the pandemic, we were finally allowed back into the ball game. And I think that was probably the more enjoyable thing uh, than anything. Um, but it, he'd rather watch Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. He'd rather watch, go to the Pfizer and watch Giannis. The moving, the fast pace, the attention span of this generation isn't necessarily what it probably should be or what it was when we were growing up, where baseball was awesome. And what is mom, Rob Manfred doing to the game of baseball? Now, they agreed that they all want a DH, which I think is good. The last league offer included the minimums going up to 700000 That's good. Paying those guys is good, obviously. I said they wanted to go back to the DH. They all, the, 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 the league agreed to that. Uh, you know, they wanted to expand the playoffs, um, which – According to Jesse Rogers at ESPN, the league gave the Players Association a choice, 12 or 14. The players wanted 12. That was done. So there's there's progress, you know. You know, they're they're agreeing with the minimum salaries. They're they're agreeing with the pre-arbitration at 40 million. You know, it's a little bit closer than what it initially was. Um, but again, this goes beyond money, guys. It really does. And we can sit here and I can bore you to death and I can tell you. What baseball needs to do? Oh, they need to pay their guys. They need to agree to this. They need to agree to that. Let's just talk about the sport. Let's, let's, let, like, let's sit down. Millions of people before the lockout were leaving the game. Numbers. Maybe it was some of the pandemic. That's debatable. That's fine. This isn't a political show, so I won't talk about the, the pandemic or the, you know, whatever. Maybe that's the reason the numbers are down. People not. Uh, feeling safe to go out in public, and that's fine. Well, I respect that. Numbers are down on TV. Your viewership is down on TV. T TV deals are down. Your numbers at the gate are down. People aren't going to the game. People aren't watching the game. 
leagues, little leagues. I go past a little league stadium. When I was a kid, this was one of the coolest things that ever happened to me in the sports growing up. They built this really cool little facility, little uh, baseball, you know, diamond. They had two of them back to back dugouts. They were brand new. Like it was the coolest thing. And it was all brand new. It was all great. At the time it was a state of the art. You had the electric scoreboard. I mean, that was, you know, state of the art at that time when, you know, this was 20 years ago, like this stuff was cool. I drive past that same, that same park, that same complex. And it looks awful. Rundown. Nothing's new. Dirt, not brushed over. Grass is barely cut. Weeds everywhere. Looks like people have been trashing it and, and nobody's been taking care of it. Now, again, that could be a county thing. That could be a city thing. That could be a whatever, whoever's running that park thing. But I think it has something to do because if I go past the football stadium or football field at some middle school, completely taken care of. Grass is cut. Lines are painted. Gold posts are yellow. Fans are, you know, stands are out there. And I think having that, that, you know, uh, sports is just, you know, it's a little bit uh, different for football. And the MLB is just losing uh, sponsors. I mean, it's, it's just not good. It's not good for the sport in itself. Obviously, this lockout draws more attention to the sport. But and if you guys are, are out there listening to the show and if you if you are if you disagree with me or maybe you agree with me i'd love to hear your feedback on on today's show um on this week's show what does this lockout mean for baseball is it is it obviously it's bad it's got to be bad it can't really be good unless if it's going to be good it's going to be good for the players association where they agree to their demands and maybe from here on out until the next five six years down the line they can help grow the game of baseball you know, outside of like LA and New York and Atlanta markets aren't very strong. Milwaukee's is strong. Milwaukee's got a strong, uh, I actually believe they were in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken last year with, with viewership, but, uh, you know, it's not necessarily dead, but baseball is on life support. And what does it do for, what does this lockout do going forward? Again, I've said it before. My kids don't even play baseball. They don't ask to play baseball. Uh, you know, they go, they don't really necessarily ask to go to brew games, but that's because I, I take them anyway. And I think they probably know that. Um, but again, it's, it's scary, you know, because I love baseball. It was really probably my true love. The Packers were always right there too, but uh, the Brewers were, you know, it was just so easier to go to games and then it goes to go to Lambeau. And if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, you already know that. Um, so we always went to brewer games and it was the experience. It was the tailgating. It was, uh, you know, the food at the game. It was, you know, going out there and more times than not, you could get a ball from a, you know, if you go early enough, I, and I take my kids, uh, to go there and watch warmups and they all have gotten balls from, from current players, past players. And, and it's fun. It's memories, something that you'll, they'll remember. Um, but there's no desire, man. There's no desire out of them to play. There's barely any desire to uh, definitely not watch it on TV, but there's not a whole lot. Like they don't ask me, they don't go out of their way to ask me to go to Brewers games. And, and my kids could just be an anomaly, right? Could just be them. 
Um, but I would love to hear if you have any takes. Um, so if you do, if you are listening to the show, just hit me up on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Brandon underscore Snide or at Game on WI. Tweet at the show, tweet at the tweet, tweet at the tweet. Uh, and let me know, you know, do you think baseball is dying? Do you think it's a dead sport? Um, do you think it's going to be a, going to be a dead sport? Um, there again, as of this morning, as of this morning, I'm recording this episode on Thursday. Uh, players representative and major league baseball representative are meeting. I don't know what it's going to mean, but the two weeks, two first series of the major league baseball have been canceled. And keep in mind, guys, we haven't had free agency yet. There was no hot stove in the offseason because of the lockout. Um, so it's, you're probably looking at maybe two months. If they, if they tentatively, let's say hypothetically, they agreed today, you're still probably looking at two months before the season can start. You have to have training, uh, spring training. You have to have, free agents or people that don't currently have a team or a city where they're going to live. They're left in limbo right now. Um, so again, hopefully something can come of, of, you know, of, of this meeting that's, that's scheduled for, for Thursday. Again, major league baseball did not strike a deal on Monday. They are currently in their lockout. Um, and we'll hopefully hear something this week. Um, but nonetheless, it was a big week for Wisconsin sports. The Bucks. Like we talked about it, 2-0 and o this week. They play Chicago on Friday evening. The Badgers basketball, baby. What what a win, man. Chucky off the glass. I know he called glass. I know he did. He, he, he might not say it, but I know he called it. What a win over Purdue. Again, over Purdue. Getting at least a co-share uh, of the Big Ten Championship. If I'm not mistaken, they'll get an outright uh, championship after they beat Nebraska, which I anticipate they will. And then it's getting ready for tournament play conference tournament, NCAA tournament, um, which will be exciting this year with like fans and atmosphere that were, uh, that we have been used to prior to COVID and, and, and seeing, uh, those crazy shots being hit again, <laughs> uh, in college basketball and March madness is back, uh, in full swing, hopefully this year. And I anticipate there, that won't change the COVID numbers, uh, are encouraging right now. So again, shout out to the men's basketball team. Shout out Johnny Davis, Brad Davidson, Chucky crawl. I mean, just a great win for a program that has kind of surprised a lot of people going into this year. I don't think they were projected to finish in the top of the big 10. If I'm not mistaken, I believe according to ESPN, they were uh, projected to finish 10th in the big 10. So they defied odds. Shout out to Greg guard for just a heck of a year. Um, and I anticipate a, a deep run, for the uh, men's uh, Wisconsin basketball. And and it's exciting time, uh, exciting time to be a Wisconsin fan. Obviously there's no baseball currently. There's not a whole lot of news about the Packers. I could sit here and talk your guys' heads off about what they're going to do uh, right now. The NFL combine is currently going on and you're seeing tweets about who the Packers are meeting, who's meeting the Packers, who's talking about the Packers newsflash guys. This is like a job interview. They're always going to, sp- every player is going to speak highly of what team they want to go to, whatever reporters asking. It's just, it's, it's normal for 50 players to meet the Packers or to have informal or formal meetings. It it means nothing. Um, I will wait until the draft and then I will, I will have my reaction based off of the NFL draft, but there's no news from Aaron Rodgers. We thought maybe Tuesday there would be, he was on Pat McAfee's show. Like we talked about on last week's episode um, that his decision would be soon. Uh, Obviously we have different viewpoints on soon, on the word soon, Uh, like my kids, my youngest, like soon means like now. (laughs) And soon for me is like a day or two. Um, So obviously Aaron Rodgers still taking his time. Matt LaFour spoke about it yesterday. He wants to 
give Aaron Rodgers as much time as he can and doesn't want to quote be annoying to him. So we still wait to hear from Aaron Rodgers. There's kind of a lot of uh, uncertainty in Green Bay until then, but I would anticipate Aaron Rodgers would be coming back. I don't think you hired Tom Clements out of retirement to coach Jordan Love again. I said it last week's show. I don't know offense to Jordan Love, but not sure. You now Tom Clements and his young age is coming into uh, back into the NFL to coach uh, a project and maybe he is maybe he's not but I would anticipate uh, Aaron Rodgers would be back in Green Bay again no inside source no no purse source no knowledge just just a hunch that I think we'll probably get back uh, Aaron Rodgers next year and if you're a Packers fans you may have may or may not have mixed feelings about that uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously gives you the best chance to win but he comes with a little bit of a headache and a little bit of uh, attention all year long and if you paid attention you know every Tuesday every post game every post-practice in the training in training camp it there's always something and everybody is is paying attention to the packer uh packer land news and and hopefully um we get some news again uh tag uh tag uh period it expires five days from now uh march 8th so what are they gonna do with Devontae adams they've restructured bakhtiari and kenny clark uh missing one off the top of my head um but they're restructuring contracts brian goodenkin spoke about the uh, willingness to do that, how easy it was. Those were the the no-brainers uh, for Russ Ball and Brian Gunnikin. So the tougher decisions, the tougher uh, extensions are probably coming down the line. Preston Smith, maybe. There were some rumblings about Preston Smith. Uh, obviously, Jair Alexander is going to be doing an extension. You're unsure of what you're going to do if you're a Packers front office, if you're Brian Gunnikin, what you're going to do with Elton Jenkins. It might be the time, he, time to extend him just because he – yeah, it sounds unfair, but I mean, he's, he's not going to play probably much next year, uh, especially if he has any setbacks like David Bak- any setbacks like David Bakhtiari, and then you're looking at, um, you know, just a handful of games if he's lucky next year because of the time of year he tore his ACL. Um, so again, what do they do going forward? There's going to be tons of Packer news that we're going to dive into. So if you're tuning in to the show, maybe it's your first time listening. I know I broke down a lot of Bucks talk. This is kind of the year for me. I'm a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan. Um, it's on par with the Packers. I I cried last year at the at the Deer District when they won the championship. I love Giannis. If you pay attention to me or you know me or anything like that, you know uh, I defend Giannis through everything. He's just my favorite athlete ever. So I'm going to talk a lot about the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, there's no baseball. Um, and then when the Packers do kind of figure out where we're going with the offseason, we'll have a Packers full show, um, you know, because there's always so much to talk about. You know, if and when, you know, I guess really no matter what Aaron Rodgers decides to do, there's going to be a lot to talk about. But nonetheless, there's going to be um, tons of stuff to talk about for the Packers. So we will get to the Packers uh, for sure. There's just it's kind of quiet this week. There's coaches talk and GM talk at the combine, but no Aaron Rodgers yet. We're unsure of Devontae Adams. So when that stuff comes about, you can rest assured that we will cover it. We will talk about it. Um, But again. Just another fun episode. This is only my second time recording a podcast. I like I said, I, I usually I used to go live uh, for the last year. Um, so doing a recorded episode is a little bit different. Um, it, it, it's a little bit more fun. Uh, I was texting with Jacob, the uh, head cheesehead for Game On, and and I, I I said I like it a little bit better. It's you know it's not interactive. You know you get some tweets that you can read off, and there's some interaction you can have, but it's not you know, like a live show where you can read comments on there, but nonetheless, I thank you guys for listening. 
I appreciate your support. Um, again, uh, do not forget to subscribe to this podcast, to all of Game On's podcasts, wherever you may have uh, podcasts available, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. Again, follow the network on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, hit that subscribe and hit that like button on YouTube at Game On WI. And then if you're really, really desperate, you can follow me on Twitter uh, for some Wisconsin sports takes on my Twitter feed at Brandon underscore Snide. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go Bucks. Go Brewers. Go Packers. Go Badgers. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See you.